0: Well, it's good to be back in, uh, you know, physical sense with you all. Good to see you guys that are here in person and all the folks that are watching online, especially uh, a number of folks that are probably choosing the online version since the weather is, you know, supposed to get a little nasty as the, the day goes on. But uh, welcome. I just got back from the Dominican Republic on a mission trip. We got back early this morning, so I am operating off a three and a half hours sleep. Um, so who knows what you're going to get? It was there with uh, my 13 year old son, Craig and uh, the Wright brothers, Josh and Tim were there as well. We had John Milko, Mark Harrell, uh, Kevin was there. And then also Keith and Brenda Spencer, or uh, Keith and I was thinking of Keith Spencer. But Keith and Brenda Simmons were there as well. And then we were joined by, uh, it's called Redemption Hill Church out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They joined us and had a team there. And it was just another great week of missions in the DR. And I want to encourage you guys to uh, come and, and be a part of that. Um, we did some neat things uh, one of the things we, we always do is we interact with folks in some of the poor, what they're called, batays in the Dominican Republic, and we see God move in some really miraculous ways, and it is so inspiring. And so that happened again. We, we led uh, our fifth annual pastors conference there, and we're seeing pastors and churches coming together as one church, and it's a beautiful thing um, to see, especially as that continues to grow um, Some of the folks helped to renovate a bathroom in a church. Uh, Others helped to really rebuild a house for this this impoverished single mom, and uh, that was great. We also had a, a really fun time interacting with folks and building relationships. So when you go on a trip like this, what you'll discover is really the bonds that you have with the other folks that are on your team will will deepen and they'll become much more rich. We saw that happening. Also with the team in uh, from Winston-Salem and Redemption Hill, uh, by the end of the week, you just feel like we're just one church, you know, it's just one big family. And then also the relationships, because we keep going back and back year after year with the staff at the hotel where we stay. Um, so rich and rewarding there. Also some of the locals. It's, it's just a really great time. And uh, I would encourage you if you can, to go, because um, it's not bad being there in January in 80-some degrees also, and there's a lot of fun to be had as well. So I think this is one of the best things you could ever do. We do it the same time every year, so you can mark these these dates down. It's going to be January 13th through the 20th next year. You can mark it down if you would like to go. We try to schedule it the week of Martin Luther King Day. So then if you are a working person and you have to take off work, you only have to take off four days to be a part of that. So no excuses there. I um, hope you'll join us next year. Now, uh, Josh Wright's going to talk more about some of the experiences there in a minute, but one of the things that I was impressed by is uh, how what we were doing there really connects with what we're doing here. And. The beginning of January, we started going back to the basics, if you will, looking at some fundamental foundational aspects of our faith and what it means to, to live as a disciple or follower of Jesus. And I talked just a couple weeks ago about um, the call to be biblically literate, that we need to be biblically literate people. And then last week, and I, and I watched this online so I know, uh, Sutton Really introduced or hopefully for a lot of you guys that have been around reintroduced a Bible study method called soap and it stands for scripture observation, application, and prayer now um, if you haven't seen that or experienced that or any of these these sermon messages you can can uh, go view them or listen to them online. you can go to our website, you can go to the YouTube channel or you can uh, also listen to the podcast, so for those of you who are new or have missed a couple of weeks, that's important. Now around here, our mission is to be people who are investing in people for the sake of eternity, people who invest in people for eternity. And our method for doing that is summed up in three words: Come, grow, go. Come, grow, go. And what I hope to do this morning is illustrate how this is not meant to be sort of sequential, like you come and then, when you, then you, you grow, and once you're done growing, then you go. But it, it's meant to be rather fluid, that you should be doing the three of those things all the time. Now, we want to see people come, and we want to see them come on a Sunday morning and hopefully to encounter Jesus. But even more important than that... We want people to encounter Jesus throughout the week through the people of Orchard Hills. We want them to experience Jesus and to encounter Jesus through you and me. That's our goal. We want people to come. And we we hope that they will fall in love with Jesus just as many of us have. Then the next step would be to grow in that relationship, to grow See, followers of Jesus are known as disciples in the Bible. And the way we've come to define a disciple is someone who lives, loves, and leads like Jesus. Someone who lives, loves, and leads like Jesus. And so you can imagine that is a constant, constant growth opportunity. We are always growing in that relationship. None of us have fully arrived, and so it's a lifelong process to grow in that relationship. And then with that, we want to go. We want to go. Um, We want to go to to people with this good news of Jesus Christ that hopefully we have discovered. And we want to go to to the people where we live and where we learn and where we work and where we play. That it's not just something that we do when we're on mission, if you will, to somewhere like the Dominican Republic. It's something we do because it's something that we are as followers of Jesus Christ as disciples. Now, I want to try and illustrate how all of this works together. Um, When I challenged people a couple weeks ago about being biblically literate, I said, one of the things I would encourage you to do is is do this um, Bible app, um, and you can get it through either the YouVersion Bible app, or you can download, it's called Through the Word, and it's a another app. And so they have this plan of working through the New Testament in a year. And I encourage everybody to to consider doing that, but not just do it by yourself. Do it with some other folks, maybe some friends or family members, because I find great value in that, because you can share your comments, your learnings, your impressions, and everybody benefits. And you're encouraged by that. They're encouraged by it. And it also gives us a greater sense of accountability, right? Like, you're more apt to do it if you know that other people are doing it with you. So I encouraged everyone to do it. And guess what? I've been doing it myself. So I am putting into practice what I ask you all to do as well. And I've gotten a lot out of it. So um, while I was in the Dominican Republic on this mission trip, I'm doing my Bible plan. But then I'm also thinking about soaping through it as well. And so I wanted to combine all those things together. And um, the uh, first thing that we did in that Bible plan was to go through Mark chapter 1. And so I had read that and done the plan, but then I wanted to soap through it. So I picked just a a part of Mark chapter 1 because you don't want to soap through the whole chapter. It's a little too much. So uh, I picked verses 14 through 20, and I read over those a couple times. And then I, I landed on verse 17, so that was my S, that was my scripture, and so I wrote it down in my journal, wrote it out, um, and and here's my observation. So I, I wrote down this observation that what I saw happening there, this is really, if if, if you're not familiar with Mark 1, 17, everybody already memorized that? Yeah, I didn't think so. So anyhow, what's happening there? It's Jesus calling Simon Peter. So it's Simon at the time. He's going to become Peter later on. And his brother Andrew, and now you probably are with me, and he says, come, follow me. And then depending on your version, it may say, and I will send you out to fish for people. To fish for people. Now, if you're a good church person, you've grown up in the church, you probably remember it like this Jesus saying, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? So um, here's what what I was impressed by. My observation was that Jesus was calling these these brothers to come, but to also to grow and then to go. It, It ties together really with our method. And he wasn't just calling them to follow him for their sake. That they would get to know him and that when they died, they would go to heaven. No, he, he was calling them to come and to follow him and to grow in this relationship with him. That they would become more like him so that they would then also go and share this good news with others and invite them also to come and to grow and to go. And so that's what, what stood out to me. That was my observation. Now, A is application. So how do I apply that to me personally? And, and it was simple. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be like Peter and Andrew, that I'm supposed to do the same thing. I'm so thankful that Jesus has called me to come and to follow him. But he didn't call me some 35 years ago to become a follower of his just so I would have this personal, private relationship with him. You know, and so that when I died, I would go to heaven. No, he had a much greater purpose than that. And, and I'm so encouraged by that. And so I'm trying to apply this to my life. And, and I recognize that when Jesus called me and I began to, to follow him, that he changed everything. That all of a sudden, you know, the way I spent my time changed the way I used the resources that had been entrusted to me changed. My relationships changed. I had a new sense of purpose in my life. Everything changed. And so that was my application. And then my prayer was that, that God, first of all, I want to thank him. Thank you for, for calling me to follow you because there's nothing greater in all the world than that. But, but then secondly, I, I was asking him, Lord, I would love to see more and more people experience what I've experienced. More and more people come and grow and go. That's my prayer. And so it's really simple. And I I think they all come together just as I was, um, again, out there on a mission trip as I'm you know, really participating in this Bible app with some friends and family members and as I'm applying the SOAP method to my life. So hopefully that's encouraging to you. Now later in the week I was reading and I got to Mark chapter 6 and I was impressed by that as well. And I'm not going to give you everything that I wrote down in that moment, but Here's what struck me. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus sends out the 12 disciples. So his initial group was was a group of 12 men. And then he sends them out. And I was impressed by this. Those guys had not been following Jesus very long. Remember, the entire time that they were with Jesus was only three years. So I'm guessing maybe two years max they've been followers of Jesus. And then he's sending them out. So they've already come. They've been growing. And he's saying, you guys need to go. You need to apply what you're learning. And he sends them out with basically nothing nothing but faith and, and hope and trust in, in Jesus. And uh, they didn't have all the right theological answers when he sent them out. Did you know they didn't fully understand who Jesus was when he sent them out? But he said, Go. And they trusted him and they went. And they watched him provide for them physically, spiritually, emotionally. That that they were able to do things that they never could have imagined apart from this relationship with him. And so I see this as a process. It's a process where we are continually coming and encountering Jesus. Where we are continually growing in a relationship with him and a relationship with others. And we're continually going. Because here's what I was really impressed by. I think our greatest growing occurs when we're going. I think our greatest growing occurs when we're going, where we're actually applying what it is that we're learning. Now, um, I think short-term mission trips like the one we, we did are important. And I think everybody should do them. And here's why. I think they're a great way to jumpstart the engine, so to speak. Like they will jumpstart your faith and putting it into action so that not only do you start to pray with people and witness to people and share with people in this foreign land where, to be honest, it's, it's a little safer there. Because you know you're not going to see these people for a long, long time until you come back again. And so you get a little more bold when you do it. But I think it jumpstarts your engine so that when you come back home, you have more courage, hopefully a little more experience to share this good news with the people that you live with, that you learn with, that you work with, and that you play with. And so that's why I think short-term missions are so important for us. We do some good for other people. We encourage them, but it really is more impactful for us. So I want to have Josh Wright come and share a little bit about how um, this trip impacted him and some of the experiences that he had, but also that we
1: shared together. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Um, As you mentioned, my name is Josh Wright. Uh, I've been coming to Orchard Hills since almost the beginning, I think over 20 years ago. Um, and what an honor it is to speak to you all. Uh, Scott asked me last week if I would share, with, and I'm here doing that. So it's a little out of my comfort zone. You know, typically, I'm in the safety of the sound booth, and, and that's where I get a little bit of my security. So, um, no, it's an honor to to be here. And uh, my the mission trip for me actually started a few days earlier than a lot of the team myself, Scott, uh, John Milko, and uh, Keith and Brenda Simmons. Um, we all we all left two days early um, uh, than the rest of the team. And our, our role, our goal in leaving early um, was really to, to be like John the Baptist. If you're familiar, you know, he, he went out ahead of Jesus to, to prepare the heart, soul, and mind um, of, of the people before Jesus got to the scene and started his ministry. And and we did it, and it's a genius way, and all credit goes to Scott um, on this one. Um, we did it by investing financially in the local economy <laughs> through, through several rounds of golf. Um, <laughs> and so uh, when he said the mission trip was fun, it, it, it was a lot of fun in a lot of ways, but um, I took a lot out of it. You know, we get there, uh, the first thing I notice is everyone there knows Kevin. And, and if, if you don't know Kevin here, Kevin's our, our student pastor. He's our, our ministry director. Um, and he, we get to the hotel. Where's Kevin? Where's Kevin? And two days later, Kevin shows up. And, uh, you know, everyone's excited to see Kevin who works there. Uh, we get on the bus. The bus driver, Kevin, Kevin, uh, our, our tour guide on the last day, uh, Miguel, Ke- Kevin. So excited to see Kevin. Um, everyone in the village will w- be walking down the street. Kevin be like, oh, hey, hey, Martha. Oh, hola, Kevin. And <laughs> it, it, everyone knows Kevin. Um, and only some people know Scott. So I think that maybe irks him a little bit. Um, but Kevin, for the past 12 years, at least once a year, now twice a year for the past six years, has been going down um, to the same villages, same community, same hotel, and investing in these relationships with the people there. And so now I come, my first mission trip, and um, it's kind of easy to walk into these relationships I already established. Um, And so, but a lot of credit goes to Kevin. He's doing amazing work, um, not just with our students here, but with with our missions abroad as well. Um, And so, um, you know, existing relationships, that we, are, that we as a church in partnership with Pathway to down there um, was so evident when, when you get there. And, and so um, that's one thing I took away, existing relationships. Uh, another thing that I got to really be a part of is new relationships. Um, one thing we did was uh, we were given food vouchers to go around the village and um, to, a, to a set list of folks, and we, we, we asked to come in, and talk with them through our translator, um, you know, try to learn a little bit more about their story, how many kids they have, where they're from. We get to share with them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, ask if we could pray for them, any specific prayers. Um, and then at the end, we, we hand them this food voucher where they can um, go get food at one of the, the, the local stores. Um, and one of the houses we went to was a gentleman named Jose. And we, we show up, and, and Jose's not home. And so we begin to think, well, and ask our translator, does, does he have any family close by that we can give this to, which, which happened a few other times. And um, we look up and we hear this motorcycle coming down this bumpy uh, road, and Jose is on the back. And Jose was actually on his way into the city, and he sees the, the other group um, who was there with us. We were split into two groups, going around the village. And, um, he told his driver to to turn around and come back to the house. And he invites us in, and and we're talking with him, and he said, you know, when I saw the other group, I thought to myself, maybe this this time they're gonna show up to my house. Um, And there we were at his front gate. And when I say house, I mean, you're talking just old metal roofing that they probably found laying around after the last hurricane came through. I mean, it, it's not really a house in, in, in our aspect of what a house is. Um, but as he's telling us this, he begins to just break down in tears, and he said, I can't believe someone would get on a plane, a plane that he only knows of as flying over his community, and would get on a plane and come to see him. And he's telling us this while crying, and is just so overwhelmed with just us being there with him. Um, and he didn't even know we were there to give him a food voucher at that point. So that was something cool. Um, an, another new relationship um, came in the form of, of the, the, one of the main projects we were there to help with, and that was to, to tile and refurbish this bathroom at one of the local churches. Um, and when we got there, there was a contractor who was hired. His name was um, Dingo, and he had a son, Anthony. Um, and Ant, we had met Anthony a, a few days earlier uh, on one of these food voucher walks. Um, and we were told that Anthony was the kid in the village that everyone would call if they needed help with something, um, trash, um, whatever it is. And, and so uh, we got to know Anthony through that. And it was funny, our, our translator, translator even told us that he calls Anthony um, an engineer. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Tell, tell him I'm an engineer too and And the translator's like, "I call him an engineer because I oftentimes see him helping his dad with construction work, and he's just standing there watching him <laughs> and I was like wow that's that's actually a pretty good definition of an engineer. Um, And so um, Anthony and, and his dad Domingo were there to to sort of help us um, tile this bathroom. I mean we were there really to help them, but we were just getting in the way um, and we have a picture of our, our team with uh, Domingo and his son Anthony that y'all can fire. There they are there in the middle. Um, and what I loved about this relationship was how much Anthony admired and adored his dad. Um, he, he was his right-hand man, his sidekick. Um, and it, it reminded me a lot of sort of my relationship with my dad growing up. Like he would do projects. We... we he refinished the basement when I was in middle school, and I would just be there watching him, watch how he did it. And it was cool to just speak in to that relationship. I was one-on-one at one point with Anthony, and I told our that like, hey, tell him that I notice how, how much his dad loves him, and he has a great dad. And Anthony's a quiet kid, and he's just like, see. And, and then I was one-on-one with Domingo at one point, and I was like, Domingo, I, you have a great son. You, I bet you're really proud and you, you love your son. And he responded the way I would respond if someone said that about my kid and just, you know, got emotional, this rough uh, construction guy. So it was cool to invest and in, in form new relationships for, for me as well. Um, and then the last thing that I really took from this trip, um, you know, this was my first mission trip, and I had heard so many people who gone on mission trips before me that, uh, you know, you're going to go there and you're going to, Um, you're there to bless those people and to serve those people, but really you're going to be the one who is blessed. And I'd heard that so many times, and, you know, I'd done service work in the past, volunteer work, whether through Young Life or Wildlife, and, you know, I'd seen times when that was true for me too. When you're, you know, serving other people, that tends to be the times when you get blessings in your life. And so I sort of had that expectation, you know, that yeah I know I'm gonna be blessed by it and I was you know when you're face to face with such stark contrast between absolute poverty and your way of living back at home and you're there to serve them anyway and the blessing of course you're gonna be the it's just the natural overflow that you'll be blessed out of that but what caught me off guard I think was how much I was blessed by the relationships that strengthened in our team when we went there. There, There's something about being on mission with a group of people that are rallied around the same cause that causes you to to become closer together. You know, that may be true at work if you're working on a project with a team, and it's true about a mission trip as well. You know, when when you walk into a house as a team to, to pray over someone, and everyone on your team sort of gets this tingly feeling like something's off, and you look up and you see voodoo dolls, hanging from the ceiling and as a team, you step into this authority that Jesus has given you to pray against that and to pray for just an overwhelming um, pour out of the Holy Spirit in that place. You know, something happens when you're doing that, when you're on mission with other people. Um, And so now that I'm back here, I'm like, what do I do now? Yeah, I want to show my kids pictures of kids in the villages going through trash to find a meal. I'll do that, of course. When they're when they don't want to eat, um, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna give more money to to Pathway to and what they're doing down there. You know, th- those are easy things to do. Um, but I have to ask myself, like, what am I doing here that's on mission? That's strengthening these relationships that I have here with the teams that I'm a part of here. My home group. Maybe your home group. Is, is your home group on mission? Are you forming these tighter relationships with the people in your home group? Or are you just showing up to just learn about Jesus? Or are you showing up to learn about Jesus and do what he says? You know, that, that was a tough one for me to ask myself. Um, what am I doing in my neighborhood with my neighbors who you believe like me? Are we on mission in my neighborhood, at my workplace? Um... And so I really look around in my life and are my existing relationships being strengthened and are new relationships being formed? And if not, maybe it's because I'm not really on mission. And so um, that's really all I have to share. I think Sutton's going to come up um, and go into the next thing. And and when he does, we're going to have more pictures flowing through here in a little bit um, to maybe sort of illustrate our experience here in the, the DR, but thank you all and appreciate it. So, God bless.